Blog Talk Radio. Hi, ladies. Welcome back to Everything Stay at Home Mom, the podcast. Um, this is Claudia, and today Marisela can't be here, so we miss her terribly. Um, but we have something to really brighten up your day and hopefully really bless you. Um, today we have curriculum expert, homeschool mom, and just awesome person, Kathy Duffy. And she's here to talk to us, um, hopefully share her insights about everything from preschool all the way to Common Core. Um, Kathy, are you there? I am here, and I'm glad to be with you today. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm so happy to have you. Um, for our listeners who don't homeschool or are not in that homeschool world, because if you are in the homeschool world, your name is a common name. So, um, But for those who don't know you, can you just... Um, Tell us a little bit about you and your family. We started homeschooling back in the dark ages of homeschooling in 1982. Uh, I have three sons and got five grandchildren now who are just starting to homeschool as well. And I got into curriculum research out of necessity. Uh, no, you know, there wasn't curriculum written particularly for homeschoolers at that time, and a lot of publishers wouldn't even sell to homeschoolers. It was a, a real tough thing trying to get the curriculum we needed. So I got into it out of necessity, and I loved doing researching curriculum and uh, how children learn, all of that. So uh, just kind of grew from there. But I've also kind of paid attention to what's going on on the political end, also out of necessity over the years. So when the government programs, you know, they keep coming up with their new and improved things they're going to do in the public schools, we've always had to pay attention to what's going on and how that might impact home schools. And so I've gotten interested in that. Along the way, I wrote a book called Government Nannies, more in line, you know, dealing with goals 2000 and what was going on back in the 90s and mm-hmm. paid attention to Common Core as well since, but um, <laughs> kind of been through this before, yes. Mm-hmm. And so um, when I heard the words Common Core, and just as a Christian homeschooler, I just knew, oh, it can't be good. It can't be good to you know, standardize all of us, especially as homeschoolers. We're doing our own thing. We're educating our children how we see fit, how we see it aligns with God. And um, I just knew it was, in a, it was not a good thing. But um, <laughs> um, and I really got into a frenzy about um, you know, spent time researching it and thinking, um, even though I'm not going to teach to it, um, I know if they start aligning like the SAT and things like that, how am I going to, um, you know, how is it going to affect my homeschool? You know, so let's. Um, right. Yeah, that's I a natural. I, I it's a natural concern. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, that, but, um, I think most of us, we worry about the testing and what's going to happen and how is this going to impact us. For the most part, I think most of our concerns are overblown. In the end, the schools can't do what Common Core, what everyone, every time they come up with these programs, they fail. They don't work. They can't get the schools to do what they need to do. They can't get the students to do what they need to do. And so in the end, they cut corners, dumb things down, make the test easier. Um, they go through, though, you know, some, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, just, you know, going from one extreme to the other where it does get more difficult for a while and then they find out that doesn't work and then they ease up. 
And I think we're going to get caught a little bit with that in the testing, that the tests are mm-hmm. going to be a little bit crazy for a while. They still haven't got all of the tests developed, and they don't have all of the states on board. They haven't gotten what they want with Common Core. And it's not working, obviously, with all of the backlash that's going on. So we, we don't know how it's all going to fall out. And so I wouldn't worry about it too much because it's not in any kind of final form right now. Uh, we'll just okay. have to deal with it as it comes. But in you know, in the meantime, what I find with homeschoolers is if we're doing a good job teaching our children, mm-hmm. teaching them critical thinking, which is one of the big emphasis within Common Core, mm-hmm. that they're going to do okay no matter what the tests are doing. Even if they're trying to have the schools teach to the test, in the end, if we're doing a good job, we'll do fine. Our children will be able to pass those tests anyways. So I'm, okay. I'm not as concerned. Okay, great. Because um, I've felt a lot of peace over the years that we made such a good choice and I would never, you know, put my kids back in school, you know, God um, God willing, I wouldn't have to or anything, right. but um, I, I'm, I've been saddened that towards the end of my journey here with my first child, she's in 10th grade, that I've been letting it steal my joy, you know, from what oh, I know is good yeah. and from God, and I don't want that. I, I want to continue to believe that if I present her with good literature, with good a good solid math program, with um, science that glorifies God, you know, that it's going to be it's good, regardless yeah. of what, you know, outside sources are going to test my children on. And I have to apologize right. to her and tell her, you know, I'm sorry if, if you know, I've been caught in this little frenzy and I'm sorry if I've let it steal our joy. And, of course, you know, as children um, are, they bounce. She's like, what are you talking about, Mom? I'm good. You know? <laughs> they don't and, even and, know there's and, a problem. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh-huh. And um, she did um, say to me that all this talk, though, made her realize there was one thing she really had to focus on more in school. And um, I got a little weary of what she was going to say next, cause, Leary, because I thought, oh, no, is she going to say, you know, more SAT prep, what is she going to say, you know, did did I scare her that much? And she said, "Um, I know that I have to focus more on my Bible and what God wants for me in my life. And I thought, oh, thank you, God. (laughs) Yes, and I just thought, that's just a kiss from God, you know, on my head that I felt, you know, that continue the course and don't be scared away with, you know, what the the standards that are trying to be put on you, you know. But um, along that line, that's exactly right. to preschool now, the other end of the spectrum. And, um, <laughs> what are your thoughts on early learning? As now that you have even you've gone through all of homeschooling all the way through high school, and now you even have your children homeschooling their children. Um, yeah, what it's it's been really you, fun watching from the other end because you know I have sons, and so they married, and the moms are generally the ones with the most influence on whether or not homeschooling is going to happen. So. You know, it, it's been great. I have wonderful daughter-in-law. So they, anyways, two of them have children. Um, one doesn't. But the oldest of my grandchildren, is, is she just turned eight. And mm-hmm. then there are two five-year-olds and then two uh, toddlers. And so, you know, they've started into this. And it's been really interesting to have the discussions with them about what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. And they they have great ideas. I'm learning from them. They've been just fantastic. Mm-hmm. But I have, you know, really pushed them to 
not get too intensive with the academics to allow the children time to develop their own pace, time to develop their own interests and hobbies and you know their to deal with their strengths and weaknesses because children mm-hmm. are so individual, so different. And I saw it with my own children, but I'm seeing I'm seeing it now with um well two of my grandchildren. One is really really good in language, reading, um writing, you know, anything in the language arts. She's just way mm-hmm. out there. Very weak in math, though. And her younger mm-hmm. brother is fabulous in math and just amazing in math, and he's moving at a slower lower pace on the reading. And it's fine. It's just fine mm-hmm. to recognize that they're going to have those different strengths and weaknesses, and they don't have to all move at the same pace in spite of Common Core and what everybody else is trying to do out there. Mm-hmm. The reality with children is... Well, but that's that's what we see, and you know it with your own children. You see that, you know, another three-year-old isn't the same as your three-year-old, that, you know, some learn to walk earlier and, you know, some are more verbal. We know this about children, so I don't know why we suddenly think, we you know, we hit school that we're going to standardize them and treat them as if they are all identical because it makes mm-hmm. no sense at all. So your so, suggestion is more play? More well, play, play, but um, you know, I it you can teach them, but teaching them informally. I keep magnetic mm-hmm. letters on my refrigerator, so when the grandkids come over, I play with letters with them, letters and sounds. Can you tell me what sound that letter makes, or show me the letter that makes that sound, or you know, let's try to put together some sounds depending on their age. But that kind of thing, um, where it's not let's sit down with a workbook, you know, and do this till we die, mm-hmm. whether or not they want to. But when you know, that's because... what I did. <laughs> Sorry, that's what I did with my first, my big kids now, and I still regret it, Kathy. I still regret it. And yeah. I was telling you earlier that that I feel um, that I have a do over now, you know, and even oh um, yeah, you know, um, it's wonderful, but even. Now, like it's God changing me slowly, and I'm so surprised by the ways and he's that he that I thought I would never change because I just was set in my ways. One of them is yeah. about reading early, and even just halfway, you know, a year ago, I wrote a blog post for my friend about early reading, and I thought that was the way to go. And just God is changing me and telling me, no, it's yeah. you go with when God makes those babies ready, like physically ready yeah. and mentally ready, and you know. But um, right. what are your thoughts about that, about um, well, feeding early? Yeah, because um, if you try to force a child to do something before they're ready, you're going to create uh, feelings of failure in your child and mm-hmm. a dislike of whatever it is you're trying to teach them. So you're really setting yourself up for future problems by by doing that. And there are really true physical things that have, you know, maturity levels that have to be reached before they can do that. You know, for reading, that their eyes can focus properly um, and track along the page. And you can do, you know, pre-reading exercises and things to help, but... Again, if we get too intense with these even pre-reading and readiness activities, that turns into work. 
And mm-hmm. it just shouldn't have to be that way. Even mm-hmm. if children re- learn to read at a little bit later date, what's the difference in the end? And we've gone through it's this. Really we go through tough. again the the you know the pull from one extreme to the other. Back in the eighties, Dr. Raymond Moore had written his books Better Late Than Early, and you know where he was uh, encouraging delayed uh, teaching of reading and academics. And at the same time, then there were others that were pushing the early reading. You know, so a lot of controversy over mm-hmm. that. And then it seemed to settle down for a while. People kind of got back to the middle of the road and. Now I think the rest of the world is out there pushing for early academics, and that's, I think, created a tremendous social pressure on parents to have their children mm-hmm. doing and performing and uh, doing all and, and that. Really, that raises another issue that is just um, oh, big in my mind, and it's not just with preschoolers, but it starts there, and that mm-hmm. is this uh scheduling and and you know, it's along the line of the forced academics too, but that we keep our children so busy with activities that we plan, that we sign them up for classes. So they're taking gymnastics and swimming and dance and I don't know what all else, but you know, even in the preschool years they might be taking three classes at a time. And we didn't used to do this, <laughs> and children children mm-hmm. do just fine without it. But it robs them of the time that they need to learn on their own, the discovery learning that is much, much more important. And even mm-hmm. as we move into the elementary grades, uh, it's it's a continual issue. The children need to have time on their own that is not being evaluated, judged, watched. Think of um, Mm. sandlot baseball, just as an example. When kids used to go out and just play with their friends, no adults around, and they would just Mm -hmm. work it out, figure it out on their own, and there was not the stress that there is now where you have to sign your children up for T-ball and then Little League and, you know, you have to go through the whole thing. If you're going to learn to play baseball, you can't just learn to play with your friends. It has to be all <laughs> controlled and orchestrated. And the parents, of course, have to be there observing every step of the way, criticizing mm-hmm. and or, or have have a- giving... <laughs> Yeah, having a piece of And we're going to give a trophy at the end to the winners and losers. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. What about just playing it? What about just doing it and developing the skills without having to be judged? And that's Mm -hmm. important for a number of reasons, but what about the child who doesn't know if they're any good at something? And, they, you know, if you can just try it out and play at something and figure out whether or not you like it, it's worth developing skills in it rather than having to do well at everything you try because people are watching. Mm-hmm. You don't have a chance. And I think a lot of children don't try a lot of things because they don't want to be seen to fail. So mm-hmm. it narrows your world. It narrows your confidence. But I think we're doing mm-hmm. a lot of that. and I, I, It really... Um, I, this is my hobby horse, I guess. I just, you know, I feel so strongly about that. I think we're doing a real disservice to our children by overscheduling them, over, you know, overwatching them, you know, watching everything they do, uh, commenting, noticing, not just leaving them be. 
So mm. um, I would encourage parents really to just give their children a lot more free time, time to just experiment with things, figure things out on their own, struggle and, and fail in private without any comments or any observations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great. And um, I'll definitely take that wisdom to heart and <laughs> slow down with my babies, you know. Um, yeah, just huh. enjoy them. Yeah, so it's such a short time. Let them be babies. Hmm. And um, my host, who um, she was not able to be here today, she had a question for you about um, charter schools, and um, because she's her baby's preschool, and um, she wants she's going to homeschool her, and she's here in California, and was wondering um, why are some Christians against charter schools? And um, I don't know anything about them because I chose not to be a part of that system. Um, I wanted, com- you know, complete freedom in what I'm doing. But yeah. um, what are your thoughts? Well, I've got very strong opinions about this. And it <laughs> probably stems oh, from the fact <laughs> that when we started homeschooling, it, it was illegal in many of the other states. Uh, in California, you know, we operate in what we consider maybe a gray area of the law. We operate as private schools, we, so there is no specific mm-hmm. homeschool law in California. Mm-hmm. But many, many people went through these huge battles, uh, even going to jail, to establish the right to homeschool their own children because Mm. the government essentially wants to have all of the children in public schools under their control. So, you know, we've gone through those battles, and now we've got that freedom. But Mm -hmm. charter schools are a huge step backwards if you are – homeschooling privately and then moving into a charter school. A charter school is a public school in essence, even though it is run by private operators, it is controlled Mm -hmm. ultimately by the government still. It's funded by the government. Those schools Mm -hmm. are going to be held to all of the, you know, the Common Core and, you know, the other requirements, um, most of those that the public schools have to meet. So um, it, it... by enrolling in a charter school, you are then entrusting your children back into the public school system. Now, mm. I know that a lot of parents look at the charter school, oh, I get my curriculum for free. There's a professional teacher there that's overseeing what I'm doing, and they like the sense of security, they like the freebies, and that's very appealing. But mm-hmm. there are a number of you know, drawbacks with that because the parent is technically not the teacher. They're like a teacher aide. The public mm-hmm. school person who is over them is the teacher of record. So, uh, again, then you're not the primary one teaching, you know, over, you know, might be doing most of the work, but you're not in charge of what's happening. You have to do what mm-hmm. they tell you to do. Now, and this this is a troublesome area because some of the people overseeing in charter schools will allow parents to use religious curriculum, but it is illegal. That was my next question. It is that illegal to do so, yes, uh, because really? it requires that anything taught under the auspices of a government-funded school not be religious education, not be using religious materials. 
And so when oh, they, wow. you know, look the other way, they're, you know, they are doing doing something that is illegal. And those who are Christians and other people with ethical concerns should not want to be doing something that is illegal. So there's that wow. aspect of it. Another okay. aspect of it is that um, the teachers who are overseeing the homeschoolers, they are trying, you know, they need to get people to do what they're supposed to do. And so mm-hmm. a very common complaint I hear is from parents who say, we just can't keep up with it. We have to do this and that and the other, and they just can't keep up with all of it that's being demanded from them. And here we are back to the that overscheduling, you know, with parents mm-hmm. driving their children to make them do what somebody else is telling them they need to do. And they've, mm-hmm. again, then lost the freedom to do what they know they need to do with their own children. Wow. So, you know, wow, it's you, scary. Well, you're giving up an awful lot. And in the end, mm-hmm. the, you know, so much. there's so much free curriculum out there online. There's so much available now that homeschooling doesn't cost, it doesn't have to cost that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can spend mm-hmm. a lot I, if you want to. But it doesn't have to. Yeah, I wish I had known about um, all-in-one school. Is that what it's called? Or easy peasy home? So I wish easy I had known peasy. about that years yeah. ago. Yes, yes, but that's yes. wonderful. And that was that lady's um, whole purpose was so that um, homeschool parents wouldn't have that excuse, you know, or wouldn't right. feel like um, a finance the, the, wouldn't have like finances be what's stopping you from homeschooling. You can right. do it for free. Yeah. You know, and good yeah, quality. for those who there's yeah. a lot of good quality things on there. Yeah, Easy Peasy mm. is a good example of one of the best options out there that's free. Where she's she's taken and created total lessons. I'm saying this for your li- listeners who don't know about Easy Peasy. Um, she's mm-hmm. taken and created grade level lesson plans. You know, they're very comprehensive. You know, click here and, and then you're to the math lessons. Click here to the to the language, and it's you know it's just laid out there so you can just follow it along and it doesn't cost you anything. <laughs> it's great. Mm-hmm. So. And then um, the other um, starter resource for somebody who says, okay, well, I'm not going to go with the charter way system. I'm going to do it alone. You know, um, I would suggest starting with your book. <laughs> and not just because you're on the air, yeah. but um, I seriously um <laughs> Can you tell us how your book works? We only have seven minutes left, but we'll, let's dedicate it to yeah, that. Well, my how does book, your book work as a beginner? Yeah, the book is 102 Top Picks for Homeschool Curriculum. And yes, I review curriculum in the book, but what I do in the first part of the book is walk people through how to choose curriculum. And so I take them through, like I would do in a curriculum counseling appointment, thinking about what are my goals, what do I want to accomplish for my child, each child this year, getting that written down so you have a sense of where you're going. If you know where you're going, then it's much easier to choose the curriculum that will get you there. And then I have them uh, figure out their children's learning styles, the parents' teaching styles, because those are important factors when you're choosing curriculum. Mm-hmm. And we you know, we work through these different aspects of how to choose curriculum and then I have charts where it's kind of at a glance once you've worked through those beginning chapters and at the charts you can work through each subject area and pretty much at a glance tell which of the best products on the market are likely to work for you. And then you can just mm-hmm. jump to those reviews and read them. 
So, you know, I, I've tried to narrow down. It's like, you know, putting all of this, you know, thousands and thousands of products and put it, you know, kind of funnel it down into uh, the best products on the market are the 102 top picks. And mm-hmm. then working through which ones of those are likely to work for you. So it makes the curriculum selection process much easier. That's wonderful because it's, I know it can be like so overwhelming with all this great information that we have now and every no, year in the yeah, curriculum. Oh, much, that's yeah. just overwhelming. Yeah, it it is overwhelming. I sit sit here with these piles of things to review. Um, I've got Mm -hmm. so much more than I can possibly get through. Um, And I'm selective about what I even take. But there there are so many products in the market to review. I think of the poor brand-new homeschooler trying to sort this out. And, oh, it's, you know... So that's that's why I wrote the book. But, you know, I think we were talking a little bit about preschool, too. And I think that parents with preschoolers kind of worry too much about what to do. If you think about the most important things, um, if you're you know, a Christian, you're going to want to do some religious education, you know, reading the Bible or being familiar with Bible stories, but you can you know, figure that one out fairly easily. But other than mm-hmm. that, it's, it's the reading and the math. You want to be working mm-hmm. on those skills. And the rest of it, just think of as gravy. Until they've got reading and math skills, really going well, probably about first grade. Everything else is just a side issue. And so you need to just figure out, yeah, what do you want to do for reading? What do you want to do for math? And so it simplifies again at that at those early levels uh, what you have to think about. You don't worry about okay. the rest of it. Just focus on the the really most important things. Okay. And do you have a um, – oh, I, I don't. I want to make sure I don't forget to ask you this. Um, with the curriculum that you're reviewing, are you seeing um, like good quality Christian curriculum that is saying things about itself, like we're aligned with Common Core, and um, that may be oh, frightening yeah. away Christians? Are you seeing that? <laughs> I, you know, it's. I think it's a, a terrible situation for the publishers. They're darned if they do, and darned if they don't. If they mention Common Core. Because some people are so worried about Common Core and making sure their children are learning what they have to learn. So the publishers will go through their curriculum and then they will show you, when they talk about alignment, that word alignment, it shows where they meet the different Common Core standards. And so if they're showing how they're aligned, then they're listing which things meet up, you know, match up with the, you know, the requirements in Common Core. They may match mm-hmm. up a lot or they might, might not match up very much at all. But mm-hmm. they will show you how they are aligned. So, okay. you know, they're saying aligned with Common Core. That doesn't mean a whole lot by itself. Okay. okay. It, does so that I make sense? I scared away from it. I should maybe see Not it at all. Down. Not at all. Okay, good. Some publishers good. have added a little bit more into their curriculum to – add in some things that are covered in Common Core that they hadn't previously covered. Usually it's it's okay. very minimal things. I, programs like Matthew C. Matthew C has been terribly criticized over this. But all they've done is add in a few more practice problems, a few more items to cover items. They didn't change their curriculum. They added a little bit more, and you can do it or okay. you can skip it. Um, but for okay, those people who are okay. worried about that, it's there. If you don't want to do it, then you skip it. 
Oh, so, wonderful. That's what um, I wanted to hear, yeah. especially about Matthew C., because I'm looking at that for my pre- when my when I start with my preschoolers. I like the hands-on because they do yes, play so much it's a with wonderful program. and all of that. Yes, yes. And so I'm thinking that might be really good for these two little active ones that I have. My first set were like workbook yeah. girls. They loved workbooks, but these might lo- enjoy that. Yeah. And I have to be honest, when I saw that somewhere, I thought, oh, well, maybe it's not for me. But, <laughs> but the more I look, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking, no, I think it's just to set up, set um, people at ease with, don't worry, you'll cover everything you need for those crazy tests, yes. you know? Yeah, but, yeah. If you need to. And again, parents, I think this is true with any curriculum. You need to use what's useful in a curriculum and skip what you don't need. You have to be in control of the curriculum. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Kathy. I don't want to run out of time and cut you off. So um, can you tell us your website so we can go get your book? Oh, my website is very simple, com. Kathy with a C. So kathyduffyreviews.com. And we've, I've got more than 1,000 uh, reviews up there. How do you do it? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> over years, <Great>. over years. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're doing it so I can homeschool. <laughs> well, you're welcome. I enjoy doing it. Yeah. God bless you. You're such a big blessing to so Thank many you. homeschoolers. And keep you doing your good work and um I loved hearing from you. Thank you so much for being with us today. Well, thank you for having me. I've enjoyed it. Okay. (laughs) Thank you for calming me down. (laughs) That was all my fears. (laughs) I'm I'm good again. (laughs) Good. Yes. God bless you, Kathy. Thank you. You Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. And to our listeners, um, please. Um, don't forget to give us a good review on iTunes so that other moms can hear this good information. And um, wherever you listen to us, review us there, please, please. And don't forget to tune in again. Thank you. God bless you guys. Bye-bye.